Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the D&D Fitness Radio Podcast, brought to you by your hosts, Don Saladino from New York City and Derek Hansen from Vancouver, Canada. I was just saying, Cuomo, yeah, Cuomo said that, you know, May, May 15th, we're going to open the city back up, which who knows if that's too soon or who knows, yeah. what's I mean, your- he- I think he did say like, that's the next time that we'll try. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's, uh, he, he's, he seems like he's kind of not putting his foot in his own mouth. He's just kind of saying, we're not ready yet. Let's yeah, push no, it back. I think he's, he's doing good, man. It's a, it's, you know, there's going to be a horrible choice that people have to make. It puts, you know, the t- horrible, painful choices that we have to make in perspective when those people have to decide, okay, at what point am I going to accept the human carnage of, because some people are going to die, right? If they opened up like some, there's, some people are going to die. So that unbelievably difficult challenge about like, eh, this is a small enough people to die in exchange for only like a worse recession of our life, but avoiding hopefully an iconic great depression. Like, ugh. how are you handling it? I, I mean, you and I talked a few weeks ago, which I, which I thought it was great to hear your perspective on it, which is you know a big reason why I wanted you to come on. But yeah. um, you know, it, it, it's, it's in a weird situation because, like I said, my, my lease is up May 31st, and I don't know if I'm yeah. resigning it. I, I really don't. And, I, and honestly, I'm not going to say I don't, I don't care, but I just don't know what the right decision is yet. You have two facilities. You were thinking about closing one of them up. Like, what is your whole – and then as soon as they say it's okay to open, what are you going to do? Well, my assumption is – see, this, this is the thing that I think is going to be a challenge for – anyone in, in probably any market, but particularly in New York is it's, it's always a real estate game, right? It's just, it's just a real estate game. It's like how profitable, how much money can you make and how much profit can you make per the square foot? So the thing that's, I assume is going to happen, which is going to be very difficult for everybody is we're looking at probably at least 12 months of people have to be six feet apart, which means everybody's going to have a lot less capacity. That's not going to lower most of your expenses. You know, you can, you can make everybody yourself, most of all, take big pay cuts and just like have a year where you're all just eating it, (laughs) you know? Um, But like, you know, like I assume my landlords are not going to be like hooking me up, right? Maybe some of the vendors can help a little bit. But the the, the thing is right now, it's not too bad because we're closed. We don't really have expenses. Everybody's furloughed. Like Mm -hmm. the virtual stuff is more than covering the expenses we have. But once we open back up, um, you know, and I don't know, there's a world in which we can really figure out, which is what we're thinking of now, but don't really know how to do it yet. Because the virtual stuff has been a big thing. And I think that could be like basically become another location that's highly profitable. And I think there's a way that we can integrate that to get some profitability. But until we can get, you know, 15 people in a room and pack them in sardines like we have, it's just not, we won't really be able to nearly make the same amount of money that we were making. And, you know, that just is what it is. Like life is unfair, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I, I understand. Uh, I want to get, I want to get Derek's perspective on it. I mean, what's, what's a little bizarre to me is that we're all, you know, we're all quarantined right now 
And then there's a chance, what, in a month, like we're all just 4 million people are going to hop back on the, the, uh, the Long Island Railroad and the Metro North and start yeah. commuting into the city together. Like this is going to be catastrophic in my eyes. I mean, we're not idiots here. Like all it takes is this thing to start multiplying again. And then we're going to be back in the same boat yeah. we were for the next four months. Like I think, yeah. is this too premature? I think it is maybe. Yeah, I think, you know, unfortunately there is, you know, the Imperial College Report. Have any of you gentlemen checked that out yet? No, no. It's real dark. <laughs> um, it's uh, the premise of that report, and it's a little bit controversial. There's some people, most notably Bill Gates, that said it's maybe a little bit overly pessimistic. But basically, the only way we get through this without seeing like massive casualties is we, we just repeat the same cycle. Like we open up for two to three months and then we lock down for one to two months. So we open up for three months and then we lock down for two to three months. Hopefully the, the vaccine is 12 months, but the vaccine might take a year and a half. You know, like they might not necessarily get it right on the first one. So that's really challenging, you know, because you're going to have to now be prepared to turn your business off you know, renegotiate with all your vendors every couple months. Uh, now, the only thing we've really got going for us is I do think this is probably, I don't think it's going to be Great Depression, but I think you, this is the other thing too I'm like fascinated by because I'm also like a fan of finance. So I'm watching the stock market and I'm like, is anybody reading? Like, the, like everybody says this is going to be worse than anything we've ever seen in our lifetime because that's the two pieces. And I think for gym owners particularly, you have these two like horrible unknowns where the best case scenario is not that great. Unknown number one is what does the social distancing requirement do to change your business model, your profitability, your capacity. But unknown number two is what kind of impact this has on the economy. It's going to be real bad for a while, but is it going to be unbelievably bad? And is it going to be for, you know, two years like Deloitte, Boss Consulting Group? I mean, I'm looking at reports from some of those people. They're just saying like five years, we'll get back to where we were like dark, dark. <laughs> and again, you know, I remain ever the optimist because the end of the day, it's like, it, it sucks, but like, we're all screwed together. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, unless you're like in cybersecurity, right? Like, you know, nobody's unscathed. And even the people that happen to be in industries that win are dealing with the same emotional and psychological mental toll the rest of us are having. So I, I weirdly do take some consolation in that. And yeah, there's a chance. I'm not banking on this, but I think there's a chance the government can continue to come through with good stimulus packages. The PPP was actually awesome. They ran out of money, but, but I assume they're going to fill it back up pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think we know more now about monetary theory. We did depression. Depression, they did everything wrong, right? So I, I think there's actually a chance the government can really help help out with this but my kind of mo and i kind of the same with personal finance where like i'm not banking on having social security so i don't have to worry about that mess if that happens amazing what a great bonus but like i'm assuming i'm gonna have to do this on my own kind of feel the same way about government intervention in the back of my head i believe wholeheartedly we're going to keep seeing stimulus we're going to keep seeing things that are going to help uh close the gaps but mentally i'm not i'm not banking on it unless i've got the the cash in the bank (laughs) you know like right 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 D, what do you think? Uh, I think there should be this whole resurgence of altitude training again, where we got the masks, you know, and we're in the tents and, you know, and we get better VO2 max out of it. Um, it's, it's pretty interesting. Like I've had talks with NBA teams, NCAA teams, and they don't know what's going to happen in terms of their timelines. Like do the, does the NBA come back and do a playoff in August or July or whatever it is? Do they have fans? Do they, uh, what kind of testing is involved? You know, how frequently, um, 
Some of the schools are worried that programs are going to be cut. Like, will they cut football at smaller schools because it does, it's not making money, you know? So there's all these questions. And then you guys were talking about the virtual space. I work with a, a PT clinic and I'm trying to figure out the telehealth thing right now because, you know, like Mark said, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be in this for a while. So we better start looking at alternative ways. Like I have friends who are like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a manual therapist. I have to touch people. I'm like, well, you got to figure that out. You're in trouble. What's the alternative. Yeah. Right. So I think all of us have to kind of figure out what our move is forward here. I mean, if we were returned to conventional stuff, great, but we have to think that maybe we have to create some, some other options here. Yeah, I, I just, God, it's, there's just so much uncertainty, Mark. And, and I think even with Manhattan real estate right now, because you, you know what's going to happen. I mean, this, I mean it's, it's, it's obvious. It's, you know, we're going to go back when it's time to go back, whether it's May, June, July, and, you know, business owners are going to want out of their lease and landlords are going to say, oh, it's no big deal, you know, because they don't want to deal with it, right? And it's just yeah. like, oh, like yeah. for instance, like I, if I turn to my landlord right now and I would say this in front of them, and I said, my lease is May 31st, I'm, I'm, I'm done. You know, I don't want the space. I don't want the risk. I don't know what's going to happen in three months. And he's going to completely deny that. And brokers, real estate brokers are, I have, I have a broker that I've been working with that's been contacting me. Like, let us know if there's anything we can do. And I'm thinking to myself, I almost got a little annoyed. I'm like, what the fuck do you think you can do right now? Like, seriously? Like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah you're right. I, I, could you, could you help? Like, he's going to be like this, you know, like what kind of comment is that? Like no one can do anything right now. Like the, the, the government's helping out with those PPP loans. I mean, that's, yeah. yes, that has been, that's been, I think that's been a huge help. Um, but who knows the after effect of that? What the hell is going to happen next year when oh, they've boy. given out how many trillions of dollars in money to small businesses? Like where's this money coming from? Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, like the one thing I do come back to that feels like the, the silver lining and admit it, this isn't the case for everybody, but I think anybody that has some control, I actually think this is the case for everybody. I think it's a limiting belief. It's really only entrepreneurs that have this control, but this is the other thing I think is true in good times. What happens is invariably your dream life changes over time, but the constraints and the momentum and the inertia of a business doesn't. And it's usually very difficult to rip off those band-aids because there's such, there's such costs. There's emotional costs, collateral costs, sometimes financial costs. And the great opportunity of this is hopefully this is a once in a lifetime thing, <laughs> hopefully knock on wood, that we can really look and zero sum the life and be like, you know, I, I sort of did this whim, this activity on a whim the other day, and I'm, I'm writing uh, an article for Business for Unicorns about this, of literally just write down like, what are all the things you like hated about your old life you want to stop doing? What do you want to do less of? What do you want to do more of? And what do you want to start doing? And I think... For a lot of people, and presumably a lot of people listening, hopefully at least in the place where at least between unemployment and things, they're not actually truly, truly below the poverty line, right? Because I want to acknowledge we're speaking in a place of privilege right now. If you're below the poverty line, that's a different conversation. Right. But if you're able to at least pay your bills, even if you're making, not making a good living, and you're healthy, and you've got your brain power about you, and you can leverage all these new forms of education information, it's maybe not the life we wanted, but it's the life we have. I really do think there's an opportunity for people to just get really honest with themselves about what type of business do you want? What type of life do you want? What do you want to be doing? Who do you want to be working with? And then just make those changes because tomorrow has never been promised. And this level of clarity that I think is possible because we've so stepped out of our life, we're so untethered, I think is unique to this moment. I think maybe people touch on it. 
of course, is going to make a Burning Man reference right at the end of Burning Man, right? If you've been out of the world for 10 days, you have that moment where you're able to like read your own supplement facts bottle and like read and be like, I don't know, I had that much magnesium in me, right? And I think there is an opportunity for that level of self-exploration, but, but not just theoretical, but then also to be like, all right, well, what changes are you going to make? And you might have to cut off some arms. You might have to make some hard choices, but I think that is a huge opportunity of this moment that even people in tough situations could hopefully find some solace in. Are you, are you, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, like, like I'm asking a bad question, but are you stressed about this or are you just saying it, it, there's only so much I can control? Cause in a way, like who am I stressed out about? Like I've, I've, I've kept on as many staff, um, you know, employees that I can keep on, you know, I, I've got cleaning staff and specific people. I just didn't lay off yeah. and I'm just, I'm yeah. just, I'm just dealing with it. It's like, yeah. you know, they, they've been loyal to me and I'm going to, you know, we'll all go down with the ship together is the way that I look at it. But I also, there, there's this level of realization for me where I'm just like, there's, I'm doing everything. I believe I'm doing everything I can. Like I'm pumping digital as much as possible. That's right. actually going, that's going very well. I mean, of course I'm upset about the brick and mortar and I'm upset that, you know, my, my coaches are contributing and doing what they need to do. But right. there's another aspect of my business right now that I am like all in on. And I'm like, wow, like this is, this is, this is wild. Like I never, I didn't expect this to, to go like this. What's your, what's your outlook with business right, right now? Yeah, kind of the same. I'm not, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you must be really stressed right now. And like, honestly, right now I'm not. I, I might, I'm going to have moments of stress, but if you, all, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you only get stressed if you're not sure what to do, right? When it's like so obvious what to do and I feel like the decisions are made for me, well, I'm not stressed. It's like not what I wanted, but like whatever. And I'll be like sad for a minute, you know, sad, like, oh, this is the way this is playing out. It's not what I want it. Darn it. But after that, you know, you just accept and you're like, okay, the only thing that gets stressful is when I'm like, uh, what do, do I do this thing or do I do this thing? And I don't really have enough information. So I have to make this like challenging choice and they're both kind of bad, you know, that, that gets stressful. But right now while we're shut down, I'm not stressed. Cause like, well, I know what this is. Um, now I'm sure I'm going to have moments over the next 12 months, but right now mentally, you know, kind of similar to you, Don, like the other thing too, that, you know, I'm fortunate about is I have other revenue streams. So it's also, it's not like this is like, and also, like, my life is not big. Like, I don't live a big life. It costs my wife, like, nothing to live. So it's like, you know, it's pr- pretty easy because I'm not like, oh, these, all these like, crazy bills coming. I'm like, no, nope, like, I'm going to eat a salad. That's, <laughs> how, how are you? Because I know, Derek, I mean, you and I talked about, you know, and I never want to say pros and cons, like, this is a good thing. But, you know, we're getting to spend more time with our family. Like, I'm definitely sleeping a lot more. Like, I can't tell you. The last five weeks of my life, I haven't woke up with an alarm one day. It doesn't mean I'm sleeping till 10 o'clock, but for me to get up at 6.30 every day, like, wow, I went from sleeping till 4, 4.30 in the morning to 6.30 in the morning. Like, things are changing for me now. And, and, and I think the family component, like I've been looking at my kids all day and they're doing homeschooling and there's a struggle there, but, you know, we're still together and we're still, you know, happy and we're doing our best. How do you think after this, how are you going to change your lifestyle? And Derek, I'd like to hear your answers as well. How do you think this is going to motivate you or are, are you going to change or are there things that you want to change? I'll let Mark uh, go first there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm honestly not 100% sure yet because I think a lot of it is still going to depend on some of the uncertainties going forward. But, you know, like one thing I don't have an answer for that has been an interesting discovery to tell the truth and shame the devil is how comfortable I've been in this lifestyle, how comfortable I've been just kind of doing my own thing all day long and doing a couple calls. And, 
Um, you know, that's not, I, I miss people certainly, but I think if anything, one discovery I've made is a, a reminder what an incredible introvert I am and how happy I am to mostly just putter along by myself and just wake up with, you know, a 13 hour day of things scheduled in 30 and 45 minute increments and like write my blog posts and then meditate and then, you know, do emails for 30 minutes on the clock and up now it's time to go lift. And, you know, so that level of autonomy in my schedule I've always known was important. It's really, you know, making me ask some questions about, okay, well, what of that I want to come forward? Now to be clear, I think we're all still going to have to eat some frogs. I don't mean, there, there's some compromises that I'm going to be willing to make because even though it might not be the thing I want, the trade off of whatever the upside of that thing might be. Like I don't see a world where I don't have a physical brick and mortar facility with people, even though my life would be similar in some ways. But at the same time, this is, this is novel. I wouldn't have told you I would have adapted well this lifestyle. There's a part of me that's almost unsettled by it. That's like, you monster. Like, everyone's like, I just need to like, see other people. I'm like, this is actually fine with this me. Nice. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm with my wife and my dog. Maybe I just need a house in the woods. Yeah. I'm just going to live in the woods and do like one to two Zoom calls per day and I'm good. Because um, it's certainly not that I'm not working. I'm definitely, I'm probably not working much less than I was before. It's a little smoother, but I'm still keeping the marketing channels going and you know, that's another thing too that was a, this, a discovery that I'll have to figure out how we get in this new world. Part of the amount of work I need to put into operations and management and just the day-to-day of the business, even though I wasn't as a day-to-day as a lot of owners, I'm realizing, well, when I have free time, I can crush content. Like I've just been writing like a wild person. We had over 400 people sign up for a time management webinar we did. Like I'm like, I can be a content marketing machine if I didn't have all these other things that were taking up my time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to have to figure out what I want for my life, like the rest of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, yeah. much, uh, how much of both of you guys, like there, there's something that I'm, I'm trying to figure out now is how much do you reach out to your clients and, and go like, what do you guys want moving forward versus like, do you take a leadership role and say, this is where we're going? Like, do you think there's a yeah. balance there or do you, do you have to lead or do you have to listen to your clients? I mean, so funny. I mean, Mark, I, I, I'll jump in first because it just kind of popped into my head. I mean, you know, you have specific clients that are very, you know, self-absorbed and they just, they, they just are like, leave the gym open. It's fine. We're going to be fine. And it's like, you have other people that are, they're taking, you know, different precautions. I spoke to one member today who says, you know, I'm curious to see how you're going to think about things differently when, when you open or when we're allowed to open. I thought it was a great question because now are we going to, you know, open the floodgates and start allowing, you know, 40, 50 people in there, you know, in a, in a clip, or are we going to start trying to like slowly transition or, you know, am I just going to say, listen, there's too much risk. This is it. This is my last month. I'm going to put everything on pause. We focus a lot on digital, start looking for space, see if the dust settles in the next three to five months and jump back into things, which in my opinion would be the smart thing to do, but I'm emotional about it because I have a bunch of coaches that I love. And, yeah. you know, I, I believe that my concept is, you know, our, our pivot's going to be phenomenal and, 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 um, you know, I want to take care of them, but I also can't put myself in a situation that, that if I'm believing and Mark, you, you know what I'm talking about? Like if you're sitting there and it just doesn't feel right and it ain't right, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I feel you, man. It, it sent me to having done a lot of, you know, working, I have a lot of clients that are fitness business owners. And oftentimes the, the rule of thumb I've sort of encouraged them to is like, be as generous as you possibly can while making certain that you do not create financial ruin. 
because that is a, was a little my nerves up front was watching, particularly in the beginning, because not everybody was reading the New York Times. They were just like, I don't know. I don't, I, people just weren't paying attention for some people, it seemed, right? And I think we've all had our own, like, the horrible unveiling as everyone's like, oh. And in the beginning, you know, a lot of people were hoping to grind through for like four to six weeks. And, you know, there's no easy answer for that because everyone has to decide that. But it is, you do have to kind of figure out, you know, my MO generally is you need to prepare for the worst case scenario. You have to protect the downside because if you have financial ruin personally or professionally, no one has a job to go back to anyway. It doesn't matter, right? So like misguided generosity that leads someone to really ruin themselves is really in no one's best interest. Um, that doesn't make it any easier, of course, in the moment when you have to make those difficult decisions. And, you know, thank goodness we're not in a place yet where we've had to, frankly. But um, I do think that is definitely something that weighs, <laughs> I think will continue weigh heavily on me. And my hope is, and what I think allows me to move quickly and have some solace, because I admittedly, one of my continued weaknesses always is I I can be overly concerned with other people think and I so badly don't want to let people down. I have this vision of the kind of leader I want to be and am I betraying them? But for me, it's so paramount that well, if I close, I've let everyone down. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to say that there, that you're, there's not this level of, of, of emotion. I mean, I, course, I had to yeah. go back into the city last Saturday because I've been out of the club for four weeks and I had to just, you know, no one's been in the club for four weeks. So I'm like, all right, I pulled in front of drive. No one was on the street. I took a picture of Broadway. There was a cop car on the street looking up and down Broadway. I saw nothing. Oh, I walked yeah. into the club. I had hand sanitizer. I had face mask on. I walk into my space. It was clean. I grabbed some paperwork. I grabbed some equipment that I needed. You know, there was a level of like, Wow, this is this is sad. Like I like I, I literally bled for this place for fifteen years. I had my ass against the wall a dozen times where I legitimately didn't know if I was gonna be able to operate the club the next day because things were so bad. And you know, you get to a point where you know it's sustainable, it's making money, it's like it's healthy, it's strong, yeah. and you have all these plans. And then you're like, okay, so like part of it is. It's just not the way I thought things were going to transition. Sure. Now, am I, I'm, more, I'm more concerned with my team. I know I'm going to be fine no matter what. I'm just concerned. I'm really concerned with my team. And, you know, what's that transition going to look like? Because whatever I transition to is going to be fine. Like, it'll be fine. I'm just, yeah, totally. in the back of my head, I want, to, I want to involve them all, just like you do as well, right? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. part of who we are. Yeah, it's, it's challenging, right? Because I also, you know, I also intellectually understand that they are resilient and that, you know, like I, there's like an inner conflict where I'm part of it is like my own, I know not helpful, like tendencies and dreams and probably like, I don't know, kid childhood stuff. I'm not sure because I intellectually also understand they're all resilient. They're also all going to be fine. And yet there is this, like, I don't think always helpful, like paternal desire I have to like, no, I want to help you particularly because like you get it, man. It's like when you've got, you know, like, you know, it's a small business and it's a, a business owner's dream. Every business is somebody's dream. And these people believed in this weird dream I had, and they right. often made sacrifices and compromises and decisions to be a part of it and support this, this thing that I believed in that was an utter expression of my soul and my heart and my love letter for humanity. And, you know, and it I kicked feel ass. Loved that. And, <laughs> I feel real but it also kicked ass. It's like what yeah, you did. Yeah. Kicked ass. I mean, you did great with it, you know? Yeah. Listen, and you know, and I think we, you know, th there was, some benefit to be had by all, but there remains a very strong, which, yeah, and I think you're speaking to as well, this deep loyalty and desire, like, okay, what can I do for 
to help these people. And admittedly, it's still a little abstract for me. I know I'm not, it's going to be emotional for me at some point. Um, but one thing that also has been sort of interesting that has surprised me a little bit is how stoic and kind of cold I can be when I'm just thinking about it as an external thing. <laughs> the execution I'm sure will, would come with lots of suffering, but you know, I'm able to like look at very dark scenarios and, and envision like, okay, well, if this happened, then we would do this incredibly difficult thing. And, uh, and I'm, I don't feel too emotional when I'm thinking about it from that abstract, but I know in the moment, I mean, if based on what happens, <laughs> but you know, the other thing too, that is an interesting, I think, cognitive dilemma that is challenging that I've been thinking on a lot is on the one hand, because I do think the job number one is don't die. Job number one is don't run out of money. Do not create financial ruin for you or the business. So that requires really at least mentally thinking through the worst case scenarios and on a spreadsheet and looking at dark numbers and reading the IMF reports and reading Imperial College and really preparing for the long winter. But emotionally, it's not actually helpful to live in that, right? It's good to do that like as a mental exercise, but the challenge is it's very difficult to do that and then close your laptop and be like, oh yeah, but that's like the worst case scenario. We even know it's going to happen. And right now I'm fine. And I, the next like two weeks, I know what's going on and my dog and my wife are over there. <laughs> so it is this interesting balance of preparing for the worst case scenario, but not allowing oneself to be emotionally weighted in what is definitionally the worst case scenario. It's not what's prob- probably going to happen. It's just the worst case scenario that one wants to have the acorns for if long winter comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and as that, as that pendulum swings, like it's all happening for us, but I know both of you guys are, are successful and you're confident. Do you have that pendulum swing and go like, I'm going to kill it. Like when, you know, I'm going to get on the other side of this and I'm going to kill it. And the people who don't survive, great, I'll, I'll take their business. Do you guys get those moments where like you see the challenge and you're like, yeah, I'm ready for this? It's kind of, uh, Mark, I think it's in your blood. I think it's in my blood. I mean, I think <laughs> yes. I, it's kind of hard not to, I mean, listen, I don't want to speak for everyone here, but you know, I, I, I just, I, I remember when I heard the news that Monday night, I think at like 8 PM where it's like, all right, we got to close tomorrow. And it was, I mean, there, there wasn't for a second where I was like, like sad, depressed. I was like, all right, we, we got to pivot. Like yeah. we got to get on a call. We got to get on a zoom call tomorrow with the staff. We got to pump them up. We got to, we got to figure out a way where we can, you know, make money. How are they going to survive? And when I got on the phone with them, I actually got a little, I got a little agitated for a second because everyone was like, you know, it's two months and I have enough money to live for the next two months and I'll be fine. And I'm like, guys, I'm like, you can't think like this. You have to think like this, like drive, like, we are gonna, we are gonna be okay one day. We are gonna come back. But you got to think like it's not, and you got to think like no gyms are gonna open because yeah. you're gonna need some runway to be able to build things up. And who knows what you're made of? You know, I'm I'm seeing some coaches of mine that are like really, really trying to step up, and they're really like, man, am I proud and do I feel good? And there's other coaches of mine where I just feel like they're kind of crumbling, and they're just like they're not making the effort. And, and it's okay. I'm not expecting everyone to be a chief, yeah. but right now we got to act like this ain't gonna happen again. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, right? It's, and it's a big piece. And so, and, and particularly because there is, first of all, is different people have, I think, different inclinations and dispositions to really like grind different people at various levels of like confidence. Should I even try? Am I even assess if I do? And then of course, right now there is this obvious real mental health challenge that basically everybody's facing. Like nobody's getting unscathed mentally from this. You might get out physically, but, and that's, real like mental health like that's a real thing like i definitely you know i am like pathologically happy 
And I certainly, you know, I definitely get in my own way and overdoubt myself a lot. But to your point, Derek, yeah, I do have that thing where like I can flip and I'll be like, actually, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to win because I'll do whatever I need to do to win. Right. Right. Uh, so I, I have that piece, right? But, but even for me, like I had definitely have had, you know, the first two weeks, I like, first of all, amongst us chickens, I had what I think was a non-diagnosed case of the COVID. Mm-hmm. So I was like super fatigued. <laughs> I was sleeping like three, three naps per day. I couldn't smell. I couldn't taste. And I was like kind of depressed and I was like, oh yeah, this is remember I felt like this in my twenties a lot. Like I just like couldn't get myself to do anything. And I don't know, and I'll never know how much of it was my body fighting the sickness and how much was it me just being shell socked after the adrenaline of getting it all set up. Cause after we set up the virtual stuff, which I'm, I'm not even too involved in the actual execution of it, it's more backend stuff. All of a sudden it was like, now what? And I needed like a week and a half to adapt. And then again, because I'm pathologically happy, you know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, like literally I woke up one morning at five and I was like, Oh, and I thought of like, literally I had to get out of bed and start working. Cause I had like six ideas. Like, Oh, you know, I should start doing this. This would be helpful. I start doing this email and here's an idea. We can really drive referrals this way. You do, do, but uh, you know, I have a lot of empathy for anybody right now that just can't get out of that mental health thing. And it was probably mm-hmm. a good experience for me to experience that. Cause it had been so long. I think I had, I, went, I can't say I had lost compassion, but I think I had lost a little empathy. I didn't remember what that was like. And I had moments in my twenties where I was just like, I cannot get out of bed and I'm just sad. And I've got three things to do, but I just can't do these three things. Derek, has your, has your lifestyle changed much? No, no, honestly, like, yeah. uh, most of my work is consulting based. So I just doing the same sort of thing. Right. So no, it hasn't. I, I honestly, um, I'm doing more workouts. My son is 15 years old. I'm giving him workouts. I'm doing it with him. I'm in better shape than I've been in the last 10 years. So mm-hmm. shit, you know, this is, it's going well. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'll share this and I share this with Don right away, but Mark, my, my mom had a stroke 12 days ago mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, I went like this, right? And then I rebounded right away and it was the same attitude that you're talking about. It's like, we're going to do the rehab better than anybody else. Like we're going to, I've contacted people who are speech pathologists, you know, and she's doing well. We just can't see her. Right. Um, and that's the only thing. But certainly I've, I kind of rebounded from that going like, we're going to have the best freaking stro- stro- stroke rehab of anybody. So, I mean, either you're wired that way and we can have moments of weakness once in a while, but certainly... I've learned from, you know, guys like you, like, shit, this is a challenge. This, that's all it is. It's not yeah. a, it's a minor setback, but it's certainly a challenge. So that's the only thing that's really changed for me, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so interesting too, because I think this is a time where I hope, and I think a lot of people might be inspired to think a little bit more critically about just how the way they look at the world, what sort of frames they have, how that's working for them or not. And it's interesting because you know, social science can be fuzzy, but as you, as you might know, conventional wisdom currently is that about half of your like attitude and your general positive emotion is genetically inherited, right? Like half, like a lot. And that's why it's this challenging situation because on the one hand, you know, like some people just get like a bad hand. Their set point is just like low. Whereas I know that I'm capable of getting low because I've had very low moments in my life, certainly growing up and even in my 20s. But the reality is like, that was the thing that even this, when this happened, I was like, maybe I'm not as happy as I always thought I was. And then like one morning I woke up and I was like, nope, I'm actually good to go. Let's rock. 
Yeah. Now, and again, I've worked to create life circumstances I like. I've created habits and, and frames where I look at the world in positive ways. But that's one thing we've seen consistently in the research when you look at everything from lottery winners to people that get paralyzed. They go through a certain period where they're bummed, but it doesn't matter if you get paralyzed. If you have that genetic set point, you just kind of like float back up there and like a it's, you're sad for a couple of weeks and then you adapt and then you kind of go back to where you were just as somebody that has a very low set point wins the lottery. They're thrilled for like a couple of weeks and at a certain point they're back. Actually, you know what? Everything does suck. People just like me for my money now. Um, so, and it's interesting because of course, if, if it's really out of your control, the only appropriate response is empathy and compassion. And as always, not unlike strength and conditioning, the only appropriate thing to focus on what you can control. Yes, different individuals have probably different abilities to adapt to to training or to psychological training but i think we all have an opportunity and i think a social obligation to do the best within our own constraints to cultivate good mindsets and improve our lives and serve the world and get honest around what are the things that bring us fulfillment and and create a life around that awesome so with mff uh i mean we're obviously all on hold and when when they get permission open the doors do you think it's something where it's just like, all right, they gave permission, we're opening the floodgates, or, or are you going to try and maybe put some type of system behind it? Yeah. Like, are you, it's, it's, it's tough. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not sure yet. I think, I assume as we get closer, we'll know more about this. I think uh, we'll probably have like a week notice, I think, before they really pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. And they, we probably won't know, be able to really know much until that week. So that might be the second week of May, it might be the last week of May. I could certainly see them pushing back a little bit further. I am assuming that what's going to happen is we're going to have to do social distancing, which basically means we have to reduce our capacity for all the things, which, as I mentioned, creates all sorts of problems with profitability and, and et cetera, but it is what it is. So mm-hmm. that's what happens. We had created, I don't know if the, <laughs> this d- tango happened to drive, Don, but we had like a 48-hour period where we thought we were going to stay open, but in a limited capacity, and we created all these like systems, these changes, and the cleaning protocols. Mm-hmm. And then after working like nonstop for 72 hours, we it was open. Yeah, you're going to get closed. However, the good news is a lot of those systems, that sort of what I'm calling like the B strategy, is going to come into place. Because I think as we go forward, that's what's going to happen. We have the A strategy, which is gone for maybe two years, which, which is the life we want. Then you have the B strategy, which is like you're open, but there's a pandemic. So you need to keep social distancing. I, I think certainly cleaning is going to become a real big thing. And it's probably like classes and sessions need to be shorter because there needs more time to clean. I don't think it's impossible that people will be at the door with like a, a thermostat with a thermometer taking temperatures and be like, so sorry, you're elevated today. Now that we'll see because more and more it's looking like asymptomatic super spreaders are a thing where, you know, it's probably not a bad thing to do, but it's possible right. to be asymptomatic and be contagious for weeks. Uh, yeah, yeah. What are you going to do? So, so that's what I think will happen with that. I think we'll keep the virtual thing going and what we don't know yet is how it's going to be integrated because that's become such a big part of what MFF is now. My assumption is for individuals that don't want or can't come into the clubhouse, that's going to be part of the solution and that will allow us to pick up some sticks of what we lose for the in-person. But, you know, to answer the question very directly is it's, yeah, we're definitely not going back to what we were. Definitely. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And, and, and I know you're big on the communication strategy and all that. Are you going to communicate? I'm, I'm interested to see how you communicate yeah. this. Like, this is how we're going to clean. This is how we're going to st- uh, staff the classes. This totally. Hour, you know. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, uh, 
you know, I think is the key anytime in crisis management is just people just want communication. Even another like kind of lesson I had throughout this was during that couple week period, there, there, there hasn't really been anything going on. Technically, virtually everybody's unemployed. I don't have anything else to say to people, but I think in red, and I was like depressed and I was like unable to like communicate to people because I was just like sad. Right. Um, and then after I snapped out of it, I was like, you know what? I just need to like be in touch with people. So, you know, now, uh, certainly even with the team internally, they get like a couple emails a week. We do an optional team meeting on Wednesdays and I write them a micro updates email on Friday where I give them like four random things. And it, <laughs> we all joke about it. Cause it's like micro updates, like almost nothing has happened, but I'm like, well, remember I said I'd write that email about referrals? Well, I did. Because uh, it hasn't been done yet because we just talked about this 48 hours ago, right? But I think for the people that don't care and, and are like, I don't care, I'm unemployed, and I don't, the opportunity to not read your emails is amazing for me. Okay, <laughs> they can archive and delete it, right? But for the people that like want some knowledge and want some touch base, I think that's been very helpful. And I think as a general rule, more communication is almost always better than less because the people right. that don't want the email can archive it clients it's kind of going to be the same thing so another thing that has really been working for mff and biz for unicorns as i mentioned is i think writing multiple emails a week every week and really mm-hmm. going back honestly kind of the beginning of mff and really going back to personal brand these like bizarre eccentric philosophical flirtatious vulgar emails that i'm writing from one person about my life and here's what i'm thinking about and here's what might be useful for you because i think another thing potential opportunity in this moment, I think to be very true is right now is an opportunity to build an audience. You might not be able to monetize the audience so great, but right now people have more time than they ever have to consume content. They want things. You're probably not selling lots of high ticket stuff maybe, but you can develop relationships and do your best to help people now, however best you can, whether it be with low cost things or free things. And I think long term, first of all, it's like the best thing to do, right? That's the reason you do it because you can't help. So you should, you know, and then long-term, I think all that stuff will come back. So, so we'll see, but it's going to be an, an art, I think too, particularly if we wind up having to make those difficult decisions, you know, that's the thing I've thought about is like, Oh, if we have to, you know, make like some tough calls here, how does that get communicated to the ninjas? And, mm-hmm. you know, our MO has generally just been like ruthless transparency, you know, like at all times, that's kind of been my, like, we're just like good. Cause I don't really have a good poker face. And therefore it's not have been a strength of mine to like play very close to the best. And I also think the other advantage that everybody has right now, particularly in communications with clients, and I think even with teams, it's just like, I don't know, everybody gets it. I find everyone is very flexible during the apocalypse. I'm not saying people aren't stressed or don't have emotions or don't wish you would do this other thing differently. But I don't know. I think anybody like, unless they're having their moment, which is okay. And we all get to have our moments. I think when anyone is like not at a real dip of their personal roller coaster, everybody's giving everybody else a real long leash right now. And kind of understanding like everybody's doing the best we can, you know? So I think a lot of the things that felt like really big concerns a couple weeks ago, anytime you have a crisis situation, you're like, Oh, that was really funny. We were so heated about that. Like whatever, like that grip on that bent over row, you know, now it's like, "Eh, who, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> I'm definitely gaining some patience with specific people right now, and I'm just kind of laughing it off. But uh, you know, better late than never on that area. <laughs> All right, Mark. Well, listen, this has been amazing. Um, 
Thank you. Thanks for coming on. You've always been a good friend. and You're one of the more respected guys in the fitness industry, especially in New York City. I mean, so what you've done has been incredible and I'm excited. Derek and I are excited for people to just get a little bit more insight into what it is you're doing and how it is you're handling this. And I think your your opinions are incredible. So thank you. If there's anything that you need, obviously, I'm always here as a friend and, uh, you know, let me know if I can help in any way. Deeply, deeply appreciate that. Great, great chat with you gentlemen and try to figure it all out together because that's, that's how we're going to be doing this for a while. <laughs> I'll see you in a month. <laughs> Derek, I'll see you in a few days. Okay, guys. Thank you very much, Mark. Take Thanks, care. Guys. Thank Bye-bye. you so much. Bye-bye. Take care. Peace out. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.